Um, how's everybody doing? Good. Good, good. Uh, listen, during our service today, um, I've invited Mario to come on up here. Mario's going to be painting over here for uh, uh, as we talk and as we engage. And one of the reasons we've done this is because our service today or our series for the next three weeks is actually about connecting with God through creativity. And so I thought, why not have uh, one of our resident creatives uh, up here painting while we kind of talk about these particular things. So um, addition, in addition to that, I always hear and listen to things better when I have something else to watch and focus on. So you're welcome to do that. Uh, Mario has guaranteed me that uh, these may not connect at all, what I'm talking about and what he's painting. So don't look like, where is what Beth's talking about in the image Mario's painting? That's not going to show up. So like, it's okay, right? You don't have to be like, oh, they failed. It didn't come together. Nope, that was never our intention. So, um, but we're going to talk about this issue of creativity because one of the things we wanted to do in addition to talking about it is actually create some opportunities to practice connecting with God through creativity. Um, one of the things that often happens as a follower of Christ, as we journey um, to understand God more and connect with him, is sometimes we outgrow the old ways that used to work for us when we connect with God, right? There are sometimes, there are certain practices that I learned when I was growing up that when I go back and try to do, they don't work for me anymore, like, I just don't necessarily feel the presence of God. They sort of have been eroded. They feel a little bit like I'm just checking boxes, and I'm like, I don't really experience God through this thing. And sometimes, like a plant that has outgrown its pot, we need to be ripped out of the containers and the old understandings of what it looks like to connect to God, and we need to be planted in some new containers, in some new soil, in something that's a little bit bigger, something that fits us a little bit better in how we can connect with God. So that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be using the lens of creativity. Um, so first... We want to have a little conversation with each other. Now, if you're not close to anybody, you might want to scoot next to somebody that you can talk to. This will be a tough couple opportunities where we'll engage with one another during the service today. Okay, so the first question that I want you to uh, talk about after you introduce yourself, make sure the people around you know what your name is and know who you are, is I want you to ask each other and answer the question, what is creativity? What is creativity? All right? So go ahead. You're going to be like, I don't know. Just make something up. There's not, I'm not going to tell you actually. It's this. So go ahead. Talk to somebody that's near you. What is creativity? Go.
<laughs> All right, 15 more seconds. What is creativity? All right, we're going to cultivate some of your ideas, and I just want you to shout them out. What are some of the things you came up with in terms of what is creativity? Oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Jacob's going to give me something real good. All right. Okay, so if you didn't hear, Jacob... The summary is, it's the aspect of the Imago Dei, which is the image of God in Latin, the Imago Dei in us that, wait, don't interrupt him, I got to make sure I get this right, the Imago Dei in us that reflects the creative act of God as we draw close to the creator God, is that close enough, in this place. Okay, great, 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 perfect. Roger, what's your answer? No, Roger, yours is just as valid. I want to hear it. The stuff you think of when you're bored. That's a really good answer, too. All right, here. The output of your imagination. The output of your imagination. Yes, creating solutions, whether it's through art or whatever. It's creating different ways to imagine possible solutions. Making something out of nothing. Making something out of nothingness. That's beautiful. The desire to do something novel or, or unusual. Yes, the desire to do something novel or unusual that just kind of comes out of you. Yeah, do we have any others? So, yes, absolutely. The thing is, is that a lot of times uh, what Don said was it's creative to give a doctoral dissertation, right? There is an element that even though it's very academic, there is an element of like, who thinks of these things, right? There is a creative aspect to all sorts of different pieces of our life. So, um, now that we see that it's not just like painting, right, that is creative, it's all sorts of different things, what I want you to think of is what are the types of creative practices that you participate in, whether it's a doctoral dissertation, whether it is painting, whether it is solutions at work, whatever it is. So talk to the people around you. What are the creative practices that you participate in on a regular basis? All right, 15 more seconds. 
what are some of the creative practices that are represented in this room? Building things, great. Writing a book. Building houses for stuffed animals. Great, fantastic. Creative gameplay, Roger. Okay, Ashley? Doing art? Any? Dissertations! True. <laughs> oh, creating a meal. That is hard work, too. Yes, creating a meal for your family. Yeah, in simple, in simple yeah. words, yeah. Anything else? Exercise, Exercise movement, that's definitely creative. Yes, <laughs> yeah. What else? Roger, you remembered? I can't. Being crazy, just moving, lots of movement, lots of things. Okay, good. So these are all sorts of different ways. Now, one last question as we talk with each other. What happens in you when you engage in these types of creative action. Okay, what happens in you? All right, ready? Go. All right, 15 more seconds. All right, all right, so one of my creative actions used to be, but rarely do I have time to engage in it now, or do I take the time to engage in it now, but it used to be painting. When I was in 10th grade, uh, my parents gave me my room as my painting canvas. Uh, they let me paint it any way that I want. And I did get to paint it any color that I want in that I painted it this bright sunflower yellow with purple trim. It looked like a Vincent Van Gogh painting. It was garish, it was horrible. But I went in there and I painted and not only did they just say, you can paint the walls whatever color you want, they gave me a small, like a, like a quart of, um, uh, of electric blue paint Fire Engine Red, Vibrant Orange, and Kelly Green. And they said, you may continue to paint your room any way that you want. And that room, which had no windows in it, became a ongoing, continuous, alive mural of my entire life. And so whenever there was this thought that came into my wall, it or thought that came into my mind, anytime I felt like God might be speaking to me, anytime I was learning something or processing through something, 
Anytime that I heard a quote or a scripture that I wanted to hang on to, I would paint it on the wall. Now, I don't want you to get any idea that it was beautiful to look at. It was, again, garishly ugly. Like, I don't know how I slept in there at night. But for me, this became my secret garden. It became this place for me to think about different ideas. It became this sanctuary of space for me to uh, be creative and to come alive. Now, when I left for college, I knew that studying art was like a waste of time. We'll talk more about that in a second. I thought it was a waste of time, and so I was going to do something more serious, like study Bible and religion. But as it turns out, I needed more credit hours than just that, so I was going to need to double major. So I decided, fine, I'll also major in studio art, which is where I met him. Anyways, side story. So I majored in art too, just to keep me busy, is what I thought it was. My underlining issue was that I never really thought that art was that important. It was just an extra thing that you did in the quietness of your room, just cause you wanted to. I just thought it was something you did when you had extra time. So I thought, I'll just do it for the extra time. I remember though, when I was a senior, in college, I was invited to speak to some potential incoming art majors who might be wondering if art was a legitimate pursuit. I actually think I was speaking more to their parents than the kids. But I remember saying something to the kids and to their parents about how everyone else in the world might call this the art department. But it should really be called the life department. Because what we were learning how to do in the art department was how to live. It was how to understand what living was all about. It was about how to reprioritize our lives so that the deepest and truest versions of our soul were surfaced. It was a very heady understanding of what was happening in that art department. It was very verbose and poetic, um, but I wanted to show you a painting that I did around the time that I made that speech. Um, and just a note, I don't paint, I like, I can't paint like this anymore. Like if you were ever an athlete in college, it's very clear that like you can't do the same type of athletic ability that you did when you were in college. I can't do this anymore because I'm very out of practice and very out of shape. But I wanted to show you this painting. I wanted to talk about this painting because actually it's about the very subject that I want to talk about today. So what I'm going to invite you to do before I tell you about this painting is I'm going to invite you to participate in a practice that I often like to call reading a painting. And what this is like is you read the painting just like you would read a story. Um, you might name the different things that you see. I see a dog. There's not a dog in there. I see whatever. Or you might also read the painting like it looks like there's something dark over there and something brighter over here. It looks like there's some swooshy movements that are happening, right? So you're just reading the painting, okay? So I'm going to invite you to do that with the people that you've started talking about. What do you see in this painting? Oh, you can do it with your people. What do you notice? Make different observations. All right, go ahead and talk to your people about the painting. Oh, yeah, if you need to move.
Okay, good. 15 more seconds. All right, good. So perhaps when you were answering the question, what do you see in this painting, you noticed, hey, it looks like maybe there's a car, maybe there's some buildings over here, it looks like a fence, some power lines, a tree, and yes to all of those things. Those are all in this painting, absolutely. But in addition to that, what I was fascinated with when I did these series of paintings was the space between things. It was the fractured space, the negative space, the empty space that exists between the different objects. And one of the things in particular that I was fascinated by was that the sky is like one big plane, one big object. But if you observe really closely, in between here, the sky showed up as a different color than when it was here or when it was here or when it was there. And this fascinated me by how there was this fracturing of space that was the same thing behind it, but it looked so different. Sometimes it looked really close and sometimes it looked really far. In addition to that, I was fascinated by the fractured space between that was created by fences right? That there was this chain link fence, and I know that there were all of these links that had empty space like this between each of the chinks, but sometimes the ground you could see behind it would pop up and surface like it was this barrier between you and the thing behind it. But other times, that would lay back, and you'd be able to see through the fence. So how is it that something could both be a barrier, a visual wall right in front of us, but also lay down flat and we could see behind it, right? These were sort of some of the questions that I was wondering about, about fractured space, about empty space, about the space between the different things. Because one of the things that I realized was without the space between the stuff, the matter that was in there, the tree, the power line, the fence, the cars, the house, would just be this jumbled mess. That the matter, seems, the matter that seems so important to us as the thing to name is really only defined by the negative spaces between it. Now, this is just conceptual in theory, but there's actually this biblical thing underlying that, and I want us to look at it for a second. When was this empty, negative, fractured space created. So what I want you to do is open your Bible or your Bible app to the book of Genesis, Genesis 1. And I'm actually with your people. You're going to read Genesis chapter 1, 1 through 23. And in your group, I want you to just make note of any space that is mentioned when God creates this space. So read it together. You can designate somebody to read it in your little group, and you're going to mark any instances of space between things being created. All right, go.
right, 15 more seconds. All right. Now, hopefully, as you noticed as you read through this passage, maybe for the first time ever, that God continuously creates space between things, right? He creates the sky and the earth, and then there's a space between them. He creates the light, and there's space between the light and the darkness. There's all of this different space that's being created between things. Separation or this empty space, this fractured space, this negative space between the things that we normally pay attention to and we say matter is so important in God's creation. Another place that we see this, if you are engaged in the creative practice of gardening, you know this for sure. I know this because I'm a plant hoarder. I like to see how many plants I can possibly plant until you don't even have a pathway to get into the garden. Any of you who participated in our garden, our community garden last year, know how true this is. That was like a jungle. And part of it is because I, it breaks my heart to give plants space, to rip up healthy plants. But the reality is, if you do not give those plants space, they can't get any air, they can't get any light, they don't have any movement. They don't have place to grow. They fight for the nutrients that they need. But just like plants and everything else in creation, we as people, we need space in order to grow and develop. We need space in order for light to come into our lives, for us to become something new. When everything is crammed together, there's no room for freedom or for growth. We oftentimes... Don't give ourselves space. We fill our lives to the brim. We name the things that matter as production, accomplishment, performance, to-do lists, tasks, and we just keep going and going and going and going and going. And the more stuff we put in and the more we cram into our schedules, the more we, the more we have no space to think, to reflect, to feel, to move, and the result is these ever-mounting anxiety and stress and pressure and obsession. But space with God is the antidote to all of that. We need space to move from places and, identity and identities and narratives that no longer fit who we are and space to move into new understandings, new perspectives, and new stories. Space allows for the subconscious and hidden controls of our human spirit to surface and for us to reflect and consider what God might be moving in us, what God might be doing in us. We need empty spaces in order for God to move to us and speak to us, move us from unhealthy versions of ourselves to more healthy versions of ourselves. This space allows us to process our thoughts and our feelings in the presence of God to discover how our negative beliefs and controls have hooked their problematic agendas in our lives. This space allows us to heal our own, hear our own feeling and sad thoughts, to form our own opinions, to touch our own personhood, not so that we become self-absorbed and are only thinking about ourselves, but so that we can gain a healthy, balanced perspective of who God is, who he's made us to be, so we can move in to the new version that God is calling us to and be sent to others. 
When we give God space and time in our lives, he meets us there. And his spirit can do marvelous things by setting us free, speaking to us, healing us, transforming us, and directing us. So this is kind of what happens when we create enough space in our lives for God to meet us in those places. And that all sounds really good, but the question is, how do we do that in our very busy and congested lives? How do we create enough space for us to connect with God? Sometimes we think that it means I need to sit in my chair and just have an empty thought, emptiness, and quiet, and like not any distractions, so I'll close my eyes, and I won't speak, and I'm just going to be here. Now, I don't know about you, but when I do that, I fall asleep, right? And so, oftentimes, sitting quietly in empty meditation results for me in falling asleep. Sometimes connecting with God while you're just completely still and silent can feel a little bit like you're turning an 18-wheeler that's come to a dead stop. There needs to be some sort of momentum, some sort of action to get things moving. And that's where I believe God is calling us to engage in creative practices so that we can keep our bodies moving while our minds are opened, where we can create space for God to connect with us. Sometimes engaging in creative processes require us to put aside the to-do lists and the pressure of production and accomplishment and performance and create space to be open and vulnerable, to allow questions and thoughts to surface that have been kept silent in the busyness of doing. It's in the space that God can remake us, that God can give us space and time to speak to us. Now, sometimes when we engage in this time, there's a voice that comes to us and says, this is a waste of time. Has anybody ever heard that voice in their brain when they've tried to, create, they've tried to engage in a creative practice? This is a waste of time. I should be doing all of these other things. This voice comes up especially when we've been out of practice of taking space and time for so long. It can seem like a waste of time when we're addicted to the work of doing, of serving, of accomplishment, accomplishing. And so taking space and time can feel really uncomfortable. But one of the things that I was recently reminded of um, is that creativity is such a core aspect of us as human beings thriving. How many of you have ever watched the show Alone? Okay, you're raising your hand because, like, our family has binged this show, right? Um, the show alone is on the History Channel, and basically what they do is they take 10 people, they drop them in the middle of nowhere with 10 items, and say, the last man standing wins half a million dollars, right? They're like in the Arctic fighting grizzly bears. Like, it's a ridiculous show. I personally enjoy it a lot. <laughs> uh, human suffering is... No, I don't like human suffering, but, uh, but, but it's just really interesting to see how these 10 people survive. But one of the fascinating things about this after watching like nine seasons of this is the people who do the best are not the people who go in there and are like, I'm going to build my house and I'm going to get my food and I'm going to get my stockpile, my firework and I, firewood and I'm going I'm to do all the tasks, do, 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 do. 
guys, the people that survive the longest, that do the best on the show, are the people who go out there and are like, I'm going to set up my little wind chimes here. <laughs> I'm going to build a sauna just for the sheer enjoyment of being able to get in a steamy place because I have a sauna at home and it just brings me so much joy, right? These are the people, the people who are like, I'm going to carve a musical instrument, right? How is that helpful to your survival? It is because creativity is vital to us as human beings. We are not human doings. We are not human knowings. We're human beings. And part of our being is the image of God, the creative image of God that is imbued in us. And so right now, there's so many of us that struggle with anxiety, that struggle with depression, that struggle with like all sorts of different things. And sometimes I wonder if it's because we've said no to all of these creative practices. We've labeled them wastes of time in the, in the rise of production and accomplishment and performance. And God's like, don't you know? <laughs> don't you know that part of the way that we connect together is when your image of creativity reflects my image as a creative God? Don't you know that that is the space that I can meet you in? We had a, I had a conversation in preparation for this with Claire Moss. I was hoping that she, um, she, she the workshop that we're going to have after this, she kind of conceptualized and created. I wanted her to be here to, to, to lead it, but she was out of town this weekend. But we had a preparatory conversation about this, and one of the things that she said was, um, uh, and she's a really creative person, she said, one of the things we don't realize is that a piece of art needs to be made just like a building needs to be wired for electricity. So like when we're building a building, we're like, yeah, that has to happen. And her perspective is like, yeah, but art needs to be made just as much as a building needs to be wired. It's that important. And so when we reframe our brain in that way of recognizing that that creativity is so valuable, not just because of the art that comes out of it, not just because of how much we could sell it for or what it could do for us, but surely the process of being creative. Then the question, the, the, the thing I'll pose to you is what does it look like if we as a group of people wasted our time in connecting with God of the universe who longs to connect with us. Now, the thing is, is that we um, as adults know it's really important for children to, like, waste time. Again, I'm using that with air quotes. Waste time playing, being creative, engaging in things. But as an adult, we oftentimes stop doing those practices. But what we never stop being is children of God. And he delights in our play. He delights in our creativity. He connects with us through those things. So my challenge to you this week is to engage in some creative practices. Now, I know that this feels like a little bit of an abrupt ending, and it is a little bit because we have a workshop afterwards that I would love for you to stay um, and participate in where we're actually going to practice a painting, sort of um, creative practice, listening to God experience. Um, and whether you're staying for that or not, um, my invitation for you is to engage in something creative this week, something that feels maybe a little like a waste of time, 
but to see God in it, to see if God speaks to you through it. And in that process, if at any point you have this thought that says, this isn't working, then I'm going to invite you to ask yourself the question or challenge yourself to say, wait, I'm not trying to work, so it's okay that it's not working. Instead, we're playing, we're resting, we're processing, we're listening. Instead, allow yourself to ask the question, what am I experiencing? If my expectation isn't happening, then what is happening? And if in the process of engaging in creativity, you say, well, this is really uncomfortable, then I'm going to let you know that going from suffocating, cramped spaces to wide open spaces often is really uncomfortable. So I'm just going to give you permission to be uncomfortable in those creative practices this week. All right. Uh, Zach's going to come up. Can we thank Mario for painting for us? Zach's going to come us. We're, we're going to sing one more song um, together. Um, I just invite you to allow God to speak to you during the song and sing along um, with us. Uh, God wants to speak to us in all sorts of different ways. And so, and if you, after the song, if you are planning on engaging in the um, workshop, whether you sign up or not, we are very glad to have you. It's going to be downstairs. I believe there's some snacks that are going to be available if you want to grab a snack on your way down. Grab your kiddos, they can join us too, um, and we'll be downstairs in the large group room down there. All right, you ready? Okay. Uh, will you stand as we sing together?